the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Massachusetts, go to South Dakota. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I spoke with a woman recently, and I spoke with her about her soul's condition, her heart condition before God, and she said to me, Pastor, I live a holy life, and I believe she does. She evidences Christian character. She loves Jesus. I spoke with a Christian man. He evidences that he loves Jesus with all of his heart. I spoke with Leslie. She's one of our regular listeners. She's fasting and she's praying and she's reading the scriptures. I know others of you are doing the same thing, as am I. And the question must come, what do we do next? What is next? Is there a next? The greatest deception that Satan can bring on the heart of a Christian believer is that when you accept Jesus Christ, you are also baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you why that's a great deception. Because that person will not seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit. They will believe they already have it. They simply need to acknowledge that they have the baptism of the Pentecost power and that all gifts are not given to all people, and so you function in what you have. I was told by my spiritual father, Ray, go in the anointing you have. Well, what is the anointing that Pastor Ray Greenley has? The Holy Spirit is with me. I know that. I have much evidence that the Holy Spirit is with me. My prayers are answered. He keeps his promises to me. He's carrying me. He's providing for me daily. When I pray, my prayers are answered. But I want more. And what is that more? I'm going to share that with you today. I'm going to share two stories with you. But first, I want to come to the scriptures. The Lord, by his spirit, spoke very clearly to me some two years ago. It was about three o'clock in the morning. I was up. And he said, wait upon the Lord, and the Lord will carry you through. And then he said, rest in me, Ray. First time he'd used my personal name. I know the presence of the Holy Spirit is with me. I rejoice in that. But I need more than that. I need him to be in me, in Pentecost power. I have read and reread and stood by faith 
on Psalm 27. The first time was in 2006. No, I'm sorry. The first time was in January 1, 1991. When Jan and I were praying together, my late wife and I, and I asked the Lord, what is the word for this year? And very clearly to my mind came the word, wait for the Lord. Now, I'm not a wait kind of guy. I want action. I want movement. I want success. I want to serve the living God. And I want to see people brought to Jesus. But the command he gave me in 1991, January 1, was wait for the Lord. Then in 1997, I began to make notes each year about what he would say. In 2006, he gave me Psalm 130. I want to read it for you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh or to slander me, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle. He will set me upon a high rock. And then my head will be exalted. Above the enemies who surround me, at his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. And wait for the Lord. Psalm 27. Psalm 27. 
Now, there is a story that I want to share with you today. Two stories, in fact, of the Holy Spirit coming and taking possession of a man. Now, I understand the modern teaching that when you're baptized and you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were also filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that to be true. I'm not trying to be contentious. I'm telling you that in my own experience, it's simply not true. The Holy Spirit is with me, but he is not in me in the way he came into the disciples at Pentecost with power. There is a man by the name of Reese Howells. The year was 1906. He was a new Christian. He was utterly given over to Jesus. He left America to go back home to Wales. And the, and the revival was full-blown as he arrived there. Now, he and some friends made a decision that they were going to go to a conference and spend a week there of their vacation time. He is by trade a miner. He works in a coal mine, and he works at the coal face, the hardest place in a coal mine. Now, two days, he's in the train. He's on his way to this week-long conference, and the Holy Spirit spoke, a voice spoke to him. And this voice said, when you return, you will be a new man. Immediately, Reese replied, but I am a new man. No, came the answer. You are a child. Now, I want to be very clear with you. We are a child in Jesus Christ until we are baptized in the power of Pentecost. If you have never been baptized in that power, you simply imagine that you were filled with the Holy Spirit when you were baptized and received Jesus as your Lord, you are still a child. The speaker, a Mr. Hopkins, at this conference raised the question out of Ephesians 2, 1 to 6. And he asked the question of the congregation, have you been quickened by Christ? Have you been raised up to sit with him in heavenly places? In other words, is that your experience currently? And Reese, in his mind, answered, yes, I know I've been quickened, but no, I've not been raised up to sit with Christ in that place of power, in the Holy Spirit. Now, the next morning, Mr. Hopkins, as he's speaking, begins to address this issue of who and what is the Holy Spirit. 
and he gave a study out of the scriptures defining that the Holy Spirit was a person just like Jesus. Personality, character, and that the Holy Spirit has come as God. And he invited Reese to sit with Jesus in that heavenly place. He invited Reese to be quickened by Pentecost power to sit in that place with Jesus. So in, in his encounter with the Holy Spirit, he received Jesus as a young man in his early 20s. He came to his home in Wales, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, you're going to be made into a new man. And Reese argues and says, no, I am a new man. I'm a new creature in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit answers and says, no, you're just a child. Do you want to be raised up and seated in that place of power in the Holy Spirit? And I answer with all of my heart, yes, Jesus, yes, I want to be raised up. I want to be seated with you in Pentecost power. Now, the Holy Spirit began to speak. And he said, I am a person. I am God. I am come to ask you, Reese, to give your body to me that I may work through it. I need a body for my temple. 1 Corinthians 6.19. Look at that. 1 Corinthians 6.19 but it must belong to me without reserve. For two persons with different wills can never live in the same body. Will you give me yours? And look at carefully Romans 12.1. But if I come in, I come in as God, and you must go out. Colossians 3, verses 2 and 3. The Holy Spirit said to Reese, I will not mix myself with yourself. When we have simply received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, a vital step that we must take. We still mix ourselves with Jesus. And so we're not safe for the Holy Spirit to enter into. Now the Holy Spirit made it very clear to Reese that he would never share his life with him. Now, Reese saw the honor that this was. And he knew that the Holy Spirit, if he entered into him in this way, would bring in his own life and his own nature. And he knew that he had to move out. This was an unconditional surrender that the Holy Spirit was asking for. Now, Reese understood. He's 26 years old. He's been offered Pentecost. He went out into a field and he wept. He knew he had received a sentence of death on his will and on his life. He knew that the only place fit for the old nature was the cross. 
I've been speaking to you for the last two weeks on Romans, the sixth chapter. And you recognize that when you once give yourself over to Jesus fully and completely, and the Holy Spirit comes in to dwell, it is done. And you cannot run into this quickly. For a week, Reese wept over his life. He saw what the Holy Spirit was offering him, and he wanted that. But he also wanted his own life. Now, let me say very clearly to you, this is, in reality, a desperately bitter question and experience. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to come in without question into your life? And if the answer is yes, as mine is, I have settled this question with the Holy Spirit. I am now waiting for that Pentecost experience. I have the presence of Jesus with me. I have the presence of the Holy Spirit with me. But I have not been raised up and seated with Christ in heavenly places, except by faith, but not in experience. I must also have the experience of that being raised up. And so I open this broadcast today with what is next? Well, if you're living a godly life, a holy life, if you have the willingness in your heart to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and take over the remaining part of your life, then tell him that and ask him to come in power into your life and to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He wants to do it, and he will do it. Well, it took five days for Reese to struggle with this question. And like Isaiah, he saw the holiness of God in the temple and he saw his own utterly corrupt human nature. It wasn't sin that he saw. He wasn't walking in any known sin. It was the corrupt nature from the fall of Adam and Eve. He saw the difference between his own life and the life of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit was not going to take a superficial surrender. It had to be a true and real surrender. Many of you have said you have surrendered to Jesus and you're living a holy life, but you still reserve the right to do what you want to do and say what you want to say and go where you want to go. That has to go. So step by step, the Holy Spirit began to replace in Reese a divine nature. Second Peter, the first chapter, verse 4. First, there was the love of money, that root of evil. Now, that root of evil is what had taken 
Reese to America to make more money. The Lord told him that he would take out of his nature all taste for money and any ambition for ownership of money. Reese had to consider what that would mean. Money would be no more to him than it was to John the Baptist or to Jesus. Now, to an extent, that was dealt with in his new birth. But now the Holy Spirit was getting right at the root of the issue regarding money. The dealing on this issue took a full day of meditating and prayer and weeping. But he found by evening that as he told the Holy Spirit, yes, take all love for money from my heart, he was entirely changed. He's a 26-year-old man. Holy Spirit told him he would not have the right to make a choice about choosing a wife. That it would be the choice of the Holy Spirit. Then he dealt with ambition. How could he have any ambition if the Holy Spirit took over his life He would be spent the way the Lord wanted to spend him. Say he has a mission in a town, and he did. And let's say that another mission opened up in that same town. And then jealousy developed between the two. Which one should win? Or suppose a man applied for a job. And Reese had a job at that same place, making double the money. The Spirit said, I can tell you to give your good-paying job to that man. He began to see that the Holy Spirit wants to take the place of the other person and take on the suffering himself. Was he willing to take on the suffering of other people and give them the best opportunities? Would he let ambition die in his heart? On the fifth day, the Holy Spirit touched his reputation. He was thinking particularly of John the Baptist. And the Holy Spirit said to him, If I choose to cause you to live like John the Baptist and grow your hair and grow your beard? Are you willing? Will you do whatever I tell you to do? Because if I come in, I'm going to live my life in you and you will not have the right to say to me, stop, I'm not going to do that. You must be willing to be despised, and not have any desire to please anyone for any reason except me. Are you willing for this? Finally, the answer was yes. Change me. By Friday night, each of these points had been faced. He knew exactly what the Holy Spirit was offering him in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit summed up the issue by saying to him, On no account will I allow you to cherish a single thought of self, and the life I will live in you will be 100% for other people. You will never be able to save yourself any more than Jesus could save himself when he was on the earth. Now, are you willing? And Reese had to give his final answer. Well, a friend contacted him and asked him if if he would come over after the meeting was over and share with them his position in Jesus because he had been telling them that now he no longer walked in any known sin, that there was no condemnation in his heart, there was no distance between his heart and Jesus' heart. And immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said, how can you go give that testimony How can you take the place of the overcomer when I've been dealing with you for five days? You must give me your answer before you go to that meeting. By six o'clock tonight, you must give me that answer. And there will be no cross current in your heart. You will belong entirely to me. Where I send you, you will go. What I say to you, you will do. It was the final battle of the will for Reese House. Reese asked him to give him more time. But he said, you will not have a minute after six o'clock. And when I heard that, it was as if a wild beast was aroused in me, he said. You gave me free will, and now you're forcing me to give up my free will. No, I don't force you. But for three years, you've been saying that you're not your own, that you want to give your life back to Jesus as completely as he gave his life for you. Reese's heart was broken. He said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Holy Spirit said to him, you're not forced to give up your will, but at six o'clock I will take your decision. And after that, you will never get another chance to be baptized in the Spirit. It was my last offer. He said, it was my last chance. He said, please forgive me. I want to give myself to you, Holy Spirit. Are you willing? It was ten minutes of six. I wanted to do it, but I could not. How can flesh, how can self be willing to give up self? Five to six o'clock came. I was terrified of those last five minutes, he said. I could count the ticks of the clock. And then the Holy Spirit spoke again, and he said, If you can't be willing, would you like me to help you? Are you willing to be made willing? Instantly, the demon spirit spoke to him and said, Take care. When a stronger person than yourself is on the other side, to be willing to be made willing is just the same as to be willing. As I was thinking upon this point, I looked at the clock 
It was one minute till six. I bowed my head and I said, Lord, I am willing. Within an hour, the third person of the Godhead had come in. Reese quoted Hebrews ten nineteen, having therefore boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Immediately, Reese says, he was transported into another realm within the sacred veil where the Father, the Savior, and the Holy Spirit lived. There I heard God speaking to me, and I have lived there ever since. When the Holy Ghost enters, he comes in to abide forever. To the blood of Jesus be the glory. How I adored the grace of God. It is God who goes so far as to give us the gift of repentance. It was God who helped me to give up my will. There were some things he'd asked for during the week that I was able to give because I was the master of them. But when he asked me to give up myself and my will, I found I could not until he pulled me through. An eyewitness tells us that no words can describe the little meeting in the house that night. The report was the glory of God came down. Reese started singing with them, there's power in the blood, there's power in the blood. They sang it for two hours straight. From 9 p.m. until 2.30 a.m., it was nothing but the Holy Spirit speaking things I'd never dreamed of and exalting Jesus. When I awoke the next morning, he said, I realized that the Holy Spirit had come in to abide forever. The feeling I had was he brought me into the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. He continues the story by saying, he was naturally retiring and quiet. But from that point on, he was bold in testimony and witness with miracles of God following as the Holy Spirit matured him and grew him up until finally on mission service in Africa. More than 10,000 souls were saved in a very short time in revivals on that great continent. Now also, there's the story of Charles Finney. I don't have time today to tell you the whole story. But simply let me say this. The Holy Spirit fell on him. And he wept like a child. He fell down at the feet of Jesus. This was after he had been saved, after he had received Jesus and had no concept of any further sin in his life, not sinning against God, walking clean before the Holy Spirit. It was in this condition. that he went in to pray. As he went in to pray, 
He says, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit without any expectation of it, without ever having thought that there was any such thing for me, without any recollection that I'd ever heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through my body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves of liquid love. I cannot express in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I can distinctly remember it seemed to fan me like immense wings. I wept aloud with joy and love. I literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my heart. These waves came over me and over me, one after the other, until I cried out, I will die if these waves continue to pass over me. I said, Lord, I can't bear any more, yet I had no fear of death. How long I continued in this state with this baptism of the Holy Spirit continuing to roll over me and go through me, I don't know. But I know it was late in the evening when a member of my choir that I was the leader of came into the office to see me. Now, has a meeting with Jesus. He falls at Jesus' feet. It seemed to him that it was really the person of Jesus. And he uttered his glory, thanksgiving and praise unto Jesus. And power entered into him. He finally went to sleep, not distressed in his mind, but still at a complete loss to understand what had just happened to him. He fell asleep, but almost as soon awoke again, and the great flow of love of God that was flowing through his heart. He fell asleep, and a short time later, he woke up again in the glory of God was flowing through him again. This continued until late at night. He wrote, When I awoke in the morning, the sun had risen and was pouring a clear light into my room. Words cannot express the impression that the sunlight made upon me. Instantly, the baptism that I had received the night before returned upon me in the same manner. I rose to my knees in the bed and wept aloud with joy, remaining for some time too much overwhelmed with the baptism of the Spirit to do anything but pour out my soul to God. It seemed as if this morning's baptism was accompanied by a gentle reproof. And the Spirit said to me, Will you doubt? Will you doubt? I cried, no, I will not doubt. I cannot doubt. He then cleared the subject up so much that it was in fact impossible for me to doubt that the Spirit of God had taken possession of my soul. In this state, I was taught that righteousness by faith is a present experience. I'd never distinctly viewed this as a fundamental doctrine of the gospel. Indeed, I did not know at all what it meant in the proper sense, but I could now see and understand what was meant by the passage, having been made righteous by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
I could see that from the moment I believed while up in the woods, all sense of condemnation had entirely dropped out of my mind, and I could not feel a sense of guilt or condemnation by any effort that I could make. My sins were gone. My sense of guilt was gone, as if I'd never sinned. This was just the revelation I needed. As far as I could see, I was in a state in which I did not sin. Instead of feeling that I was sinning all the time, my heart was so full of love that it overflowed. My cup ran over with blessings and with love. I could not feel that I was sinning against God, nor could I recover the least sense of guilt for my past sins. I've read two accounts. I could read to you many, many others. Do you see why I will not accept the false teaching that at the conversion time I also received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Sometimes the baptism of the Holy Spirit was before the baptism took place. That was so with Cornelius. And Peter said, look, they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'll baptize them now in water. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will know as certainly as you know if you were baptized in water. I still remember that May 12, 1952, when I was baptized in water. I'll never forget the sensation of going under that water and being resurrected in newness of life. I was a new boy. Even as I know, I was baptized by water. I will also know when I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit in power and raised up and seated with Christ in that heavenly place. Don't let anybody tell you. Don't let anybody tell you that you received all there is and now you have to just walk in that. No, the devil does not want you to take a position that you must be baptized afresh, anew, now, in the power of the Holy Spirit. God is beginning to do new things in our day. We are on the verge of a great pouring out of latter rain power. Now, can I explain why I've ministered for over 50 years without the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I can't explain that. All I can say is that I was not ready to receive. Now my constant cry, and I ask you, would you make this constant cry in your heart also? Breathe on me. Lord Jesus, breathe on me. Jesus, breathe on me. Will you cry that out to Jesus and ask him to baptize you in the Holy Spirit? Luke 11. Knock, ask, seek until you receive the power. Don't be content to simply say, I'm a holy person. I don't walk in known sin. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in his power.
I don't know of anyone today in my circle or in Washington, D.C., who has been baptized in the full power of Pentecost. There may be someone. I don't know of them. I have many who have said, I am baptized in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But when I really examine what they're talking about, they're saying, I received Jesus and the Holy Spirit is with me. But he's, if they're honest, is not in them because they do not have the evidence in their life of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the conversion of the lost and the dying. Today may be troublesome to some of you, but I pray you hear my heart. I must have Jesus. I must have all that he wants me to have. And as this morning I was in his presence early, crying out to him, the Holy Spirit simply quietly comforted my heart and said to me, wait upon the Lord, Ray. Wait upon the Lord. So I'm going to knock and seek and ask. And I'm going to, by faith, continue to live a righteous life, not going into discouragement or despair. I'm going to continue to wait upon the Lord for the fullness of Pentecost power. Will you do the same with me? Will you walk with me in this? Will you turn your heart toward Jesus? And if today your heart is still filled with fear, confess it before Jesus. If your heart is in despair, confess it before Jesus and receive Jesus Christ. He loves you. If you're disappointed by your life, Give it to Jesus. If your heart is anxious about money or health or friendships or a husband or a wife or children, give it all to Jesus. And wait for him to breathe upon you the power of the Holy Spirit. And when he comes in, your heart will be liquid love you will rejoice in his mercy and his kindness. Every account I've been able to read of the coming of the Holy Spirit, beginning in the book of Acts, and then in more modern experiences where people have received the Holy Spirit, it is dynamic, it is powerful, it is It is for the salvation of the lost and the dying. It is not for my selfish consumption. And if you are not winning the loss to Jesus on a regular basis with your testimony, you do not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have Jesus with you, yes, but you've not been raised up to seat with Christ in heavenly places. 
it's time we get really honest with ourselves and with Jesus. There can be no pride in this. There can be nothing except Jesus. I cry out to you for the fullness of your presence and the baptism of your Holy Spirit. Now, if you will, go on the live chat. If you're, if you're right now on the YouTube, will you go to the live chat and will you say, I will pray. I will join you in prayer for the Holy Spirit. Breathe on me, Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, breathe on me and each person who is listening today. Bring repentance if there is sin. Bring confidence in you, Jesus, if they are washed in your blood. And send forth your Holy Spirit. Lord, send forth your Holy Spirit. Breathe on me, Spirit of the living God. Breathe on me, Spirit of the living God. Breathe on me, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I will be praying for each one of you who asks for the Holy Spirit. I will be praying and crying out to God for you by name. I'm eager for you all to walk with me in this. If you're angry because of what I've said and you're judging me, I forgive you. And I'm praying for you. I need to hear from you. This is the last day of the month and we need you to step forward and help with the cost of the broadcast. Would you go to nationalprayerchapel.com and go to the upper right-hand corner, click on the donate button and you can give online. Or you can write to me. I go to the post office every day looking for your letters. And I want to thank those of you who've been writing such wonderful letters of encouragement, such kindness and mercy. Thank you. I know I'm nobody. I'm simply a servant of Jesus Christ, standing by faith for the fullness of the baptism. God wants to do something in this city of Washington and in this nation. I'm praying for the money to go to the FM side of the dial, and then to go national. Some of you could help make that happen. I ask that you just obey the Holy Spirit. Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. That's National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I'll look forward to going to the post office and finding your note and your contribution to help us cover the cost of radio. And beyond that, 
to help us with the costs so that I can go to the radio station and say, yes, I have six months in the bank. Put us on FM. And then national. I stand by faith that he will do this. Oh, Lord, I just stand by faith for your people today. My heart is just crying out to you, Jesus. Break the power of Satan's lies and deception to prevent us from receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. Again, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. Thank you for listening. Would you go on YouTube and subscribe to our channel? We're simultaneous on the radio and also on YouTube. And the more subscribers we have, the more widely spread they will have this video. I love you, my brother, my sister. I'm eager to meet you. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.